You can listen to Die Hair Nicks Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can also find me on Twitter via Die Nicks PC. Catch me on Instagram, Die Hair Nicks Podcast. Catch me on Facebook, Die Hair Nicks Podcast. Peace, everybody. This is Evil, the Andy Star host of the Die Nicks Podcast. It's a little late podcast going on right here. This is a Tuesday podcast. going to be made on Tuesday and released on Tuesday night. But most of you guys won't listen to it till probably Wednesday morning. So this is going to be the season-ending podcast. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start it right away. Let's go. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is going to be produced in high def. That's H-I-G-H-D-E-A-F. Messing around with the levels today. So adjust your speakers accordingly. All right, we're going to start it off with um, the three amigos, Frank, Cantor, and Chris Tapps, a.k.a. the Bond villains. Yeah, man, so Frank, Frank, I've talked about Frank more than any player this whole season. But we could just start it off right away. Frank sucks without saying the F word, the other F word. But Frank sucks. He's terrible. Now, he's six foot seven. I understand wingspan and potential and all this other nonsense. It's great to have all those things, but it's also great to have players that actually play the game. Now, I know the Knicks have lost countless amount of games. Let's, um, let's actually look that up while, we, while we're here. But, um, you know, the Knicks have lost countless amount of games, so it's not like that we're going to um, be nitpicking on who played this and who played that because if Frank played, like, 82 games this year, if he didn't get hurt or anything like that, we still would be the worst team in the NBA. It's not like Frank would have made us any better. But um, that's kind of nitpicking because we're 17-65 and 65 to finish off the year. Now let's just go down um, down the list here. I mean, you could, you could, you could just... Let's, let's just talk about the point guards. I'm going to talk about everybody in this episode, but we can talk about the point guards. we got Moody Eye, uh, Dennis Smith, uh, Kadeem Allen, even Mario Hazona. <laughs> All those guys are better point guards than uh, Frank Nielakina. And based off of what Hazona um, pulled off in, in those um, three starts, even though the last game that he played, he, um, he didn't really have a particularly good game. But it was the last, you know, the last game of the year. A lot of um, anxiety, emotions, and stuff like that. So you can you can kind of chalk that up for emotions. But uh, Hazona playing point guard was, was better than Frank's whole career as point guard, which is two seasons. You know what I'm saying? So that's just in a nutshell how terrible Frank is. So you know, I really don't really really want to talk about the kid. I mean, the kid is a utility player. I just got into like a little um, little beef on. Um, Twitter, if you if you were, if you would um, if you would say that um, with an old friend from um, UltimateNicks.com, he's on Twitter now. So we're just talking about Frank, and he's just still talking, going on and on and on about um, the potential. But I mean, potential is good, man. But if you got guys that are beating a guy already from the jump, then um, there's no use in talking about potential. Potential only works is if they show flashes. Now, okay, I'll give it to you. Frank has shown flashes throughout throughout the years, throughout the last two seasons. But it's the same flashes. It's nothing new. We everything that Frank has done, we've seen before. You know, so it's nothing new. He didn't show anything new to his game. Maybe I mean, whatever he did show, he might have did it once or twice. 
you know, like a little post move. He did it once. He made like a couple um, drive moves this year. He did it once. You know what I'm saying? His jump shot is still horrible. He still can't really finish well. He still has a problem being aggressive. I talked about I talked about it, you know, too much. So I really don't want to get crazy with it. But let's just move on. Uh, Cantor, Cantor, we learned that he was he was a fraud. You know, like the whole time he was here, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Nick. I love the fans. I love this and the other. I'm a Nick for life." And people were eating it up too. Ah, look at him! Like when he stood up to LeBron that day. Oh, look at him! He's the heart and soul of the team. How could we trade somebody that's the heart and soul of the team? You know, this that, and the other. But um, and then also too, Cantor chose to stay this um next year, knowing that possibility was that we were gonna um tank. Or end up losing a lot of games. We weren't, we weren't like a perennial play, playoff team. And it's not like him being on, on the team would have made us a playoff team. And the fact that we gave him a lot of DMPs and a lot of we just had him coming off the bench, you know, like they, they, um, that we were sabotaging his career or whatever. If we started him and played him 40 minutes, we still, again, would have the worst record in the NBA. Like we had the we finished the league off the, the the season off with the worst record. Cantor had a lot to do with that. You know, he's at the table for that. The Knicks traded him and just finished it off, you know. So, so you know, and then he goes off in on on the Blazers, and he still has stuff to say, still talking about it. So it's like, you know, we um, a lot of fans already stuck up for him and was and was loving it. It was chanting his name in the garden. Then all those assholes that were they're chanting his name now look at him. He's over there, um, shitting on the organization, shitting on the fans too, by saying whatever that he's saying over there. You know, this is trash, man. We need we need to get our team back. We need to stop um, giving these guys energy. Anyway, moving along, there's uh, KP. We found out KP is a, a freaking um, a, a diva. He basically all these guys are, are James Bond villains, man. Like Frank Neal Aquino. That's that name sounds fake. And it's cancer. And it's cancer sounds like like um, I mean like sounds like one of those one of those Bond villains. Fucking Kristaps Porzingis. What the hell is this? You know what I'm saying? So. And it is what it is. I, like I said, I don't want to get crazy and start, you know, what I really want to call them is a bunch of bitches, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we're going to keep it civil. You know, these guys are super tall and then, you know, the whole thing, hey, you want to say it to their face or feel you say, well, yeah, whatever, man. This is all sports. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You're going to you're gonna talk your shit. If somebody doesn't like it, then you just do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And then these, um, these players, you know, they, they know better. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're a player doesn't mean that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we also found out that Moody Eye can play. Now Moody Eye has been like uh, like one of like the kicking toys for the um the last two years, but truthfully Moody Eye has been our most consistent player all year. Whenever he wasn't hurt or whatever, he was um dropping consistently the numbers that he's been putting up all year. You know, he doesn't really pass the ball particularly well. He does run the floor pretty good. He still doesn't finish well. His um, three-point shot got a little bit better, but he still doesn't shoot it that well. But he proved that he, he does belong in the NBA. He's not a complete bum. And um, same thing like Cantor. Cantor wasn't giving us no um, no championship. Even um, Kristaps, too. Kristaps was the um, was the key component last year and the end of the year and, um, and this year as well, you know, before he got hurt. He, they weren't bringing us no championships, you know, with all those guys on the team. So... It is what it is, but Moody, he's he's also a, a good player, but um, we're gonna have to pay the guy. So I, I think that we, I think he might have played his last game as a Nick. So now we can um, go down the line here. We got two sets of All Star teams here. The first set of All Stars are the 
Scott Perry All Stars, the um the draft picks. We got Knox, Mitch, Trayer, and um Dennis Smith. You can add Dennis Smith today. He was in a, a draft pick by the Knicks. We ended up trading half our team for him, but you know if um if Scott Perry was there to begin with, he would have drafted um Dennis Smith, and it would have been a different story. We didn't even have Frank to kick around. You know what I'm saying? So that's a that's a good thing. But I mean, all all four of those players are um. You know, it's a it's a blessing. You know, especially with with all the money that we have in the summertime, it's a blessing to have these young guys coming up in the fold. Because, you know, Knox, we might have Durant. You know, so we got Knox backing up Durant, and then you got Mitch backing up DeAndre more, more than likely. Trayer is gonna back up whoever he's gonna back up, and then Dennis Smith is gonna back up Kyrie if we get him. You know, so that's a good scenario for these guys to have because you're going to have, like, someone to look up to, someone to to um, to eventually surpass. So when these guys, um, when um, Kyrie starts to um, fall fall down and when um, Durant starts to catch up with his age and stuff like that, we'll have young guys to pop right into those spots with the experience because hopefully with um, these strong rookies and with um, the veterans that we put ahead of them, that we'll, we'll be a nice strong team and we'll be able to put on a nice playoff run for a few years. Now you add like maybe like the next three years with Durant, and then after he starts to wind down, then we got like I said we could throw Knox up in there. Maybe Knox will be ready for his um turn, so we can throw another five years with the same group of guys. Maybe mix and mingle with those type of things. You know. So anyway, then we can go down to the G League All Stars. There's a bunch of guys that we brought in throughout the years. So you can start with Dotson, Kadeem Allen, Luke Cornett, and Harry Ellison. Harry Ellison is a new addition to the group. So is Kadeem Allen, but um. You know, all, all four of those guys are NBA players. You know, like in a winning team, those guys will be like your secondary group. Now, especially um, uh, Luke Cornett actually had won the backup um, center spot behind Mitch. But since we got DeAndre, that has another little thing into it. But it's good to have a guy like Cornett as the third string center. You know what I'm saying? There's talent right there because Cornett stepped up big time this year with his play. And then Kadeem Allen. Kadeem Allen, for me, is my favorite point guard of the Knicks right now. I got him ahead of everybody, basically. You know, so if if um if you have a player with that caliber behind Kyrie, and let's say if they do decide to keep Frank Frank a backup Kyrie, or if he does stay with Dennis Smith, or even Moody, I bring Moody in. You keep Kadeem in the in the fold, and um you got a good third string point guard, maybe even the best in the NBA. You know, and then Dotson, yeah, you know, Dotson, I'm not really a fan of his game, but the guy could shoot, he could run the floor, and he could play defense. So he'll be a good backup shooting guard or hopefully third stringer. You know what I'm saying? So, and also, this is one of my favorite players, too, Henry Ellison. Now, I wish Ellison would, um, would get it together, but I feel like there's something wrong in the nutrition, maybe, his body development and strength. There's something missing, man, where he's not getting something that's like really giving him a good good enough drive within his body to, to succeed in the NBA. Because I think he's lacking in everything. You know, lacking in strength. Like I said, something with his nutrition or whatever it is that's um, lacking, but he has plenty of skills. So he's also a nice guy to have as like a um, backup or injury replacement, third string, basically, behind Knox and behind whoever we decide to get at power forward. Now speaking of power forwards, we got um Vonley and Hazona, two guys. Two guys. One one guy is, is a guy that everyone seems to like because they keep thinking about Charles Oakley. And Vonley is far from Charles Oakley. I mean he's a big dude in this that, and the other. He shoots a three, he could post up a little bit, but he doesn't do it enough, hardly enough, especially for a dude that's in a contract year and fighting to stay in the NBA. He particularly didn't really play 
all that well. He had like a little stretch where he played, uh, okay. But um, not enough to, to warrant all of the love that most Knicks fans have for him. Now, Hezona. Hezona has also been another kicking um, toy from, from most um, players the same way that Mudiay was. But truthfully, um, Hezona and um, this guy, uh, Dotson, are the same player. At least they were putting up the same stats. So if you're going to look at one guy and say that he's a good player because of certain stats, and then another guy is putting up the same exact stats and you're saying that he's trash, you know, th that's some favoritism right there. And then judging by what Hezona did in the last couple games, you know, that steps his, um, his um, value much higher. You know, so what do you do? If you have like a mid-level or if you're going to offer them a minimum contract, who do you keep, Vonley or Hezona? Now, right off the bat, we need a power forward. So you kind of lean towards Vonley. But truthfully, Hezona, what he did, man, you can't really like like just just give up on the kid. Or you can just shake his hand and just wish him well, you know, because you don't want to hold guys back just because you're um, because you don't want them to blow up on another team. You know what I'm saying? You still have to keep the Knicks, you know, you know, at the at the forefront. You know what I'm saying? So, also too, let's talk about um, DeAndre Jordan. Now, DeAndre Jordan is like the anti Cantor, the anti Joakim Noah. You know, these these veteran guys that had a whole career ahead, you know, and then they come to the Knicks and totally just like piss it away. You know, Noah did it with um with just the, his attitude and you know, he did have an injury, maybe he did made a couple bad decisions and stuff, but he can he can't truthfully say that that he gave it his all while he was with the Knicks and the Knicks trashed him. Because he had a couple of little smart things to say too, you know. But now he gets to Memphis and he starts playing well again. It's like it's like ridiculous. Cantor, same thing. He comes over here, you know. He's trying to like build his brand and he gets mad because the Knicks don't want to play him and he's still talking about it in Portland. It's like, come on, man. DeAndre Jordan, he had a chance to be um to be waived. Now um I was gonna wait I was gonna wait until to it for for another part of the segment, but um. But Wesley Matthews was um was waived, no problem, no beef, you know um this guy um Courtney Lee he didn't say nothing all year. They asked him about it trying to fish for some some juicy comment, but Courtney Lee was like, I know what it is, I'm just waiting my turn. You know what's the big deal? Why can't guys wait their turn? Now DeAndre Jordan he didn't even say nothing. He stayed. He said, Yo, we need you to um to mentor these guys. He could have said, Fuck you guys, uh, give me my money and I'll go to another team. Just like Wesley Matthews did, but he didn't. He stayed because he wanted to be down with the ship. And um, he was great, great personality, a lot of love on the, on the, on the court. One, a couple um, couple um, highlights that I remember um, when um, he got a, he got like a rebound or something, or maybe finally got the rebound. Well, no, it was a, excuse me, it was a free throw. It was a free throw. It was like a make or miss, or whatever. But DeAndre got the ball and he gave it to Vonley and they both held it together. But he did it as like a bonding thing, like yo, wake up, you know, I'm here with you type of thing. And you know, you could see Vonley was kind of like, um, oh, okay, cool, you know, that type of reaction so it's just the leadership that um deandre is going to bring so we keep getting guys like that we're going to be on our way so anyway i'll end this segment it's a little longer than i want it to be but um we're just going to keep it moving all right see you in the next one Carmelo song. This um, I never said who um who actually sang this song. But the song was called "The Sports Band of Denver, Colorado." I guess they got. I guess they kind of did like like a couple like folk songs, you know, about their hometown teams and stuff. 
It's kind of cool, I guess. But anyway, I, I played that song because I played it um, once before when um, when I was um, promoting the Mellow Podcast way back when. Check that one out. That's still my popular, most popular podcast that I've made so far, the Carmelo episode. The Mellow episode, excuse me. But this is going to be like a little part two to it. Because, um, you know, now we're in position right now because we're potentially going to get all these players in the summer. But we're in a, bit in a position right now to add more veterans once we do build up the team. So now the number one um, veteran on the block that no one, that he's not attached to any team right now is Camilo Anthony. Now, what do we do here? There's, there's like two sides of the story. Some fans don't want to have no parts of Carmelo because of his attitude and he wants the ball and this and the other. Then we have the other side that's like, yo, we need to bring him in here because he can get a championship with the Knicks and he can accept the role off the bench and he'll be good with that. Now, you know, it's on um, pros and cons of both, you know. So, And both of them, we're probably going to get a little bit of both if Melo comes here. But the thing is, if we get Zion and if we get... Durant, and if we keep DeAndre Jordan, if we get Kyrie, and whoever we're gonna put at, at shooting guard, somebody's coming at shooting guard. If if we get those four guys, somebody's coming here on the, on the low, on the cheap. You know what I'm saying? Some veteran or somebody's coming. You know what I'm saying? It might be even fucking Dwayne Ray. He might decide to come back. Nah, he probably won't. He definitely he's definitely out of here. But I mean, we're probably gonna get somebody at shooting guard as well. But if we do that, you know, why not sign Melo? Melo will have to come here. And realize, listen, there's a bigger picture. Mel, you know, my boy Wade just retired. I need to calm down. Let these guys um, do their thing. And then during the, and during the season, I have my chance to, to show that I can still play. But then when it comes down to it, um, to winning games and getting down the playoffs and stuff like that, Melo is going to have his chance. You know, he's going to have his chance to do his thing. But his chance is only going to be between the second and third quarter. And that's all it should be. It's not going to be no big 40-minute games no not even 30 minutes it's going to be a little bit at the end of the second and a little bit maybe at the end of the um the third you know that's the only only time Melo should should play and he should should dominate because if they put him in a game you know just let him let him do his thing let him do his little iso let him do whatever and then when you get tired of that if he doesn't have it take him out and put zion back in that's if he gets zion so that's like a big if there, but whoever, even if even if um, we don't get Durant and Stanley, I mentioned other guys that we that we could pick up to play power forward or whatever. So I mean, the sky's the limit with us. But if he, like I said, if we were to stack the deck and get Zion, Durant, and Kyrie, and um, of course Don G. Jordan at center, Melo would be great off the bench. That's a nice contrast between the super athletic um, Zion and then throw Melo in there at the um at the Excuse me, the four and the three mixed match, whatever. So anyway, there's something to think about. But a player that I that I want to compare him to is um, McAdoo, Bob McAdoo. Now a lot of you young um, listeners don't know who McAdoo was, and even some guys that my age don't even know who he is. But uh, Bob McAdoo, he's one of the greatest um, forwards that ever played a game. Now I'm not gonna pull up his um, stats right now. I'm just gonna briefly talk about it. He um he averaged like 20 something points a game like close to 25 points a game and like 12 rebounds something like that something to that effect for like seven years and you know some of those years he actually played on the Knicks so it's a very similar player like Melodin never really got rebounds like that he got maybe like I think he might have tapped off at seven but um what um translates is um the what do you call it? the three-point shot and also McAdoo also got you know almost two blocks a game for for that um, period of time as well but um, McAdoo is one of the one of the greatest basketball players that ever ever play, 
And uh, Melo is also one of the greatest basketball players I ever play. But the, the comparison with that is that eventually, towards the end of his career, McAdoo found his way to the Lakers. Now, by the time he got to the Lakers, his career was basically over. He was in his like early 30s, mid-30s, 34 range right there. Same range that Melo is right now. And um, he, he, he um, learned to be the backup guy. Now, you had guys like James Worthy and all these guys, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all these guys were ahead of him. But he knew to take his role off the bench and do what he do what he does. He gets in the game. He can do his little scoring whenever whenever he gets it, and then he just knows that he's going to be called out, and then the starters are going to come back in. So you just have to trust that system. So hopefully that Melo could follow in that footsteps. You know, being such a great player for so long, and then taking a back seat in like a bench role for a championship team. You know, and actually have like a significant role off the bench on the championship team. That's something for him to think about. And I really hope that if this all plays out the way the way that we really want it to, then that Melo is granted that opportunity and he does accept that role and plays it well. I really hope so. Alright, we can end that subject. Yo, that is the legendary Roots Crew. The song is called Ain't Nothing New. So that six ways into what I'm going to talk about here with the media. Media is on the same shit it's always been on. We got um, my favorite guy, um, Stephen Bonney. I block Stephen Bonney on all platforms, all social media. I don't want to hear, I don't want to read anything that do the same. So if anybody retweets stuff that he, that he posts or anything like that, I don't see it. But uh, sometimes on Bleach Report, uh, like an article will pop up, that or a pop up or a tweet will pop up, and I would have no um, no um, way of blocking that. So I, I see some of his stuff. So you know, just uh, what is it? It's a um, that DeAndre um, Jordan the whole thing. Now listen, it's all of a sudden is revealed that um, Coach is saying Coach Frizz is saying that oh uh, that DeAndre Jordan wanted to stay. Uh, newsflash season is over and DeAndre Jordan did not ask for a buyout so where's the story there but when he printed that you know I just I had no no choice but to look at it people are making all these comments and this that, and the other like like what are you talking about like you um you didn't know that DeAndre Jordan stayed on the team and do you not know that the season is over like how did you like why is that a story you know it's it's, it's like um like like fans man we we have to take control of of the news and stuff like that like when when these on beat writers post things it's like you people need to come out and be like duh <laughs> like obviously he uh, he wanted to stay because um it's not like the knicks made him stay if he didn't want to stay he could have left wesley matthews left with no problem wesley matthews never said nothing bad about the knicks or oh, i never wanted to play for the knicks and this and the other he he made the trade and he made he played like what two or three games with the knicks and then he left you know no sweat of nobody's back you know but um, you know, they always gotta make it into everything into an issue. And that, 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 you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I go hard about uh, about not letting the media destroy us or come between us as fans. And um, we really need to stick with that, man. Let's just go down the line. You talking about um, Cantor? Cantor making those comments in the playoffs? Like, why does he need to say something about us all the time? But it was like a fishing um, uh, question they were asked, and they knew Cantor was gonna go that way. And everyone loves to shit on the Knicks, man. You can't let that shit come. That you know, but that in particular, like everyone was was um was um fed up with that. So you go through Knicks Twitter, 
and look at the different comments that people made about about what Cantor was saying. Everybody was was on a was um uniform down the same you know thing saying saying basically f you Cantor you know what I'm saying keep our names out your mouth you know. So anyway, you just keep going keep on going. Uh, Bleach Report also they put out an article about um Treyer. Basically, a snuff article talking about Isozo and how that that um that he's like a, a cancer on the um on the on the, on the team with the way that he plays. I mean, get out of here. And then they bring up the um the Tim Hardaway beef, you know, where where um there was one time on a fast break that Tim Hardaway didn't get the ball and it was a big thing. Uh, you know, if you watch that game, um, Treyer he did force his way. Um, down the middle, where he could have made the pass to, to, um, to Tim Hardaway, but in today's NBA, nobody's looking for a cutter. Um, Treyer was expecting um, Hardaway to stay hit the corner because that's what they do. They run a fast break and everybody goes to the corners. Um, Hardaway didn't go to the corner. He was kind of stuck in no man's land and decided to go towards the basket. Treyer already committed at that point, so him arguing with with um, Treyer had had no had like had no. Um, no substance to it, and then when they argue, even Trey, you could read his lips and say, "Man, get the fuck out of here," you know what I'm saying? You know, like, what are you complaining about? You know, there's nothing really to complain about. Like, like Trey already committed to, to making the layup, and and if um Tim Hardaway had had did what the NBA does now, go to the corners, he would have got the pass. But he he was in no man's land. He was just like in, in awe of what um Trey was doing, and then he gets mad because at the last minute he's open and he and he, he expected Trey to hit him with the pass. Like, get out of here, man. That's why Tim Hardaway is where he is, and he's not here. Tim Hardaway, I was a fan of Tim Hardaway, and I used to stick up for him a lot, you know, because um, he, they, people were saying that he was overpaid when it really he wasn't, especially with the production that he was giving us. He wasn't overpaid. He wasn't consistent. Not saying that his um, shot selection was great, but I mean, you know, he 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 um he earned his money. He averaged 18 points a game, whatever it was, and um you know three rebounds, two assists, whatever. You know that's not an all-star, but 16 million dollars a year is not an all-star nowadays. If you're an all-star, you're getting paid 30 million, 25, 30 million, and better. We got some guys in this league making 40 million. So I mean, let's not really cry about when when players get 16 million. Like, get the hell out of here. Cantor was making 19 by himself, so please. Anyway, um, what's the next one? Oh, um, Stephon Marbury. Uh, Stephon Marbury. That's my dude. He, he's um he's becoming like the like the Mike Tyson of of um of the basketball world because um you know everyone thought that he was gonna be going down a bad path. Same thing like Mike like uh, Mike Tyson, but now if you follow him, you know, I mean he gets on his little rants when he when he smokes. You could tell he's like on a, on a weed rant, and he goes out there. But everything everything that he does is positive. He got these um glowing basketballs that he put out there, but um he, he put it out there not just as a novelty thing as as a way to um for people to to um spread the spread the game you know you know make videos and this and the other to just expand the game you know so people could put their own brand on onto the basketball so it just gives you a way to brand yourself through him you know which is great everything with him is, is positivity you know he's always talking about something positive never nothing negative you know he, he hasn't went live in a while but he goes live he says a bunch of wild stuff but mostly just um, spreading positivity and that's what I'm about. So you know, Marbury in his second um, stage of his um, career, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I love it, man. And I just, you know, I hope that he can continue doing, you know, bigger and better things. Not just over there, overseas in China, but start to transition himself back to America and really start to, to, um, you know, to do stuff, you know, out in the open.
you know, where where people can write good stuff about him and keep that um that positive energy flowing. And so that's the end of that segment. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, we can wrap this up. I would like to thank everybody for tuning in to this podcast. This is the Dianics Podcast hosted by me, Eru the Annie Star. I thought I would never get to this point where I would have a platform where I'm making a podcast talking every week about the Knicks. Now, I've been on the internet for years, man, going going back to like 2001, 2002, 2003, around that era. I started off on the um, Daily News um, forums, talking junk on there. And, you know, I never could um, transition myself to this point where I can do a podcast or something like that. Now, I actually did do a blog for a little while, but um, just the whole blogging world, you, you really need to be part of like a, um, especially if you're running sports, you need to be a part of a, um, of a company. And you know bounce around that way but you know I, I, I just find like the whole article stuff is like like you have to like really make like um smut um stuff in order for people to really enjoy stuff you can't if you if you're talking about the game or talking about specific stuff going on with the with the knicks um when it comes to writing people don't want to read that people tend to click the stuff that have um more controversy with it you know so that's that's not my that's not my bag so I started off um, my Facebook page talking about the blog, and I still actually keep my email as diehardnicksblog um, at gmail.com. Just is just a reminder of where I came from with this whole internet thing. But like the um, the blogging, you know, that's that's just my baby. I started with that on Facebook, um, diehardnicksblog on Facebook. On Facebook now, I, I finally changed it to um, the podcast just to kind of let it go transition because. I got my Instagram connected to it, and I've been posting mostly on Instagram and sharing it to the uh, Facebook page. I've been neglecting that Facebook page, really, but I need to really get back to it. But um, I'd like to thank everyone that follows me there. The, um, it's like a thousand guys strong over there. I have like 800-something people on um, Instagram, and um, Twitter, not so much. Twitter's just a handful of um, whoever's on Nick's Twitter. I like to talk to those guys. They remind me of um, the many forums that I've been on. You know, shout out to ultimatenicks.com, their forum. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy, man. I'm happy to, um, to, um, to be here. Happy to be a secondary voice, whether you like me or not. I'm, I'm mellow, you know. Depending if I have a guest, I'm a little, I could be a little bit more ratchet. It all depends, man. You know, we're just going to keep getting better and better. Now, as far, as far as guests, I'm still trying to get my homeboy to get on this with me man but we work so hard on our, on our day job that we just don't have time man we you know we got love for each other we got love for the knicks and um we'll, we'll definitely be able to, to get down together man and I'm, I'm really encouraging him to get down and make a podcast too because he's a he's a good personality within himself so yeah man so just just um look out for me man i'm i'm, I'm thinking about making more podcasts you know maybe off the subject off the sports subject so tune in for that. I'll advertise it on here. And we're just going to keep building, man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I don't want to keep talking too much. But let's uh, finish it off right. Four fingers to the dome. Tucking that thumb. Salute. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. But before we go, now I know if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm always um, going back to the same song. It's a Freddie Gibbs song. The song is called Nick's. I always play the I always play the um, instrumental. This will be the first time I've ever played the um, the full version of it. So um, you know it does have cursing. You know, as you know by now, I do do a lot of cursing on here, and I do do a lot of um, you know I do play a lot of hip hop. But um, we just we're just gonna throw it out there. This is Freddie Gibbs. The song is called Nicks. Peace, y'all.